Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Well, another Friday, and that means another episode of your favorite podcast on Volkswagens, Let's Talk Dubs. Often imitated, but never duplicated. There have been many people come and try to take me down, but it hasn't happened yet. So we'll see those guys at 256 episodes, like this episode here, since it's been around since 2018. And don't forget your favorite podcast. Share it with your friends, all your VW buddies. Click and share on whatever device you're listening to. Copy and paste this in your group chats and text with all your boys. Share it on Facebook. Share it any place you can because this is the greatest, latest place to get all your up-to-date BW content. So make sure you share, you like, you subscribe, and go check out our YouTube channel also. But we're kicking off this week with a podcast with Clint Cox. And Clint Cox is a guy where his name may be familiar if you're in the drag racing scene. He is the guy, the promoter that puts on Texas versus the world. So that was a big drag race took place last September. One of the biggest drag turnouts. A lot of people showed up that hadn't been on this drag scene in a while. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about obviously his VW history, how he got into it and how the drag racing scene looks today. There's lots of announcements recently of other drag races and whatnot that are going to be taking place. So we're going to get more into that. But don't forget, if you like the podcast, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe, and purchase from those that support your favorite podcast. That's VW Trends Magazine. Go subscribe today at vwtrendsmagazine.com. And Ross Wolf, purveyors of speed and performance, manufacturers of high-quality aftermarket parts made for enthusiasts by enthusiasts. So go check those guys out today at rosswolf.com. Now... Let's talk about Clint. From humble beginnings, simple street racing, to group racing with a bunch of his buddies, to eventually starting drag racing stuff over there at XRP Raceway over there in uh, Texas. So it's a great story, and anybody can set up an event. This is proof for it, and you put your heart and soul into it, and it'll become successful. So without any further ado, guys, let's get into it this week. Texas versus the world. With Clint Cox on Let's Talk Dubs. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Okay, everybody. So on today's show, I've got Clint Cox here, and he's out of Fort Worth, Texas, and he is the promoter that puts on the event Texas versus the World, which has been one of the premier drag racing events in the country. Big turnout last year, tons of cars, and we're going to get into a lot of those details. Uh, first, Clint, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Hey, so what we so we're going to get into Texas versus the World how that started, all that stuff that comes together. But the way we always start the podcast is what's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Um, Some would say you could blame my dad. I say, you know, uh, I thank my dad for being into it. Uh, I mean, he's had Volkswagens my entire life. Um, So I grew up going to bug ends here in Texas at the uh, Texas Motorplex in Ennis and going to all the local shows. Um, he was, he had a show car when I was really young and then he kind of got more into like swap meet stuff and off-road racing. You know, he had a, a full body off-road race car, uh, Baja and raced some buggies and stuff. And, uh, so that was kind of my background. Um, and then I didn't really, I mean, I mean, I bought my first car through, you know, saving up, christmas and birthday money and that kind of stuff and mowing yards and whatnot and uh bought my first car at 10 years old and it was a 64 bug yeah and it and it kind of just sat forever um and then you know when i got to driving age i was dumb and i was like hey i'd rather have a truck for my first car (laughs) um so my dad was like well i'll gladly buy the car back from you uh for what you paid and uh i'll give you know i'll sell you this truck so we kept the car for a while and then you know by the time we got rid of it was about the time i was like hey you know these cars are pretty cool i 
I kind of wouldn't mind having one, which was, you know, kind of crappy timing because we just got rid of it. Yeah. Um, so then I got, we found some cars in a wrecking yard in Kansas, me and my brother. We had bought a bunch of cars out of there and I kind of fell in love with one. It was a, a Indigo Blue 60 uh, semaphore car, total rough bucket, pile of junk. We, I mean, loaded it with a big heavy equipment forklift out of this wrecking yard. And I was dead set on building it. So, you know, I brought it home. We pulled the body off, had to fix a bunch of rust, fixed, you know, I did the whole floor pan, the whole, you know, your typical patina stuff, build the whole chassis as a show car. And then, right. you know, throw the body back on with good interior and stuff. And then I drove that for years and years. Um, and it went through different stages, you know, raised up a little, lowered down real low, you know, kind of at one point kind of like a pro street look and, and, uh, we just did car shows, you know, we drank a bunch of beer and hung out we would go to swap meets and car shows and just, I never, uh, was really into the drag racing because yeah. my dad wasn't, you know, I mean, he knew some of the drag racer guys, but he was never into it. So I never was into it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got into them. Um, and how do you start getting into to racing? So as lame as it is, like, you know, the whole street outlaw, when that thing first mm-hmm. started, they were doing, you know, like real street, like street racing, um, you know, and they had their list, you know, and so we, all our car club, we would just goof around and my dad lives on a, on the service road of highway out north of town. And so we'd have meetings up at his house and we would just drag race in front of the house you know we all had slow cars but whoever was the fastest was number one you know yeah and uh so then everybody kind of started putting little tweaks on their car and trying to make this a little faster and i would build a little bit bigger motor and we kept we kept doing this until it was like this is dumb you know why don't we actually try to drag race yeah um you know because there was a pretty good drag race scene here for years uh, the Texas Volkswagen Drag Racing Association ran from like 79 or 80 up until around, I'd say, early 2000s. It really fell off. It just totally died. And what what was the cause it, of that? Uh, there was a couple of different things. You know, I think a lot of some of the guys got older, you know, so they just lost interest. And then um, everything they did here was all bracket racing. So there was the big uh, delay box debate, you know, and some of the guys got delay boxes and some of the guys didn't, you know, couldn't afford it or whatever. And it kind of caused a, a, a rift between the whole group and it just kind of stopped, um, as car counts, you know, dwindled with some people not wanting to, to go the delay box route. Right. Um, so then it sat dormant forever, you know, and then when we, me and my buddy Chris kind of decided like, Hey, let's try to figure out how to do a drag race. You know, I'm like, well, these guys already had an established name. So I reached out to everybody that I knew that had been a president of that association at some point Mm -hmm. and talked to all of them separately and said, Hey, this is kind of what we want to do. We really want a drag race. That name is already established, you know, what do y'all think? Do you care? You know, do you have any say one way or the other? And they all basically did not care, you know, or they did care. My bad. They were all for it. Yes, please do that. You know, we need this. Um, let's, let's get that going. I'm on the phone. <laughs> Doing a podcast. Um, so they, they were like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, you know, if you need some help, you know, let us know. I'm like, all right. So we kind of came up with some basic rules and we were going to do, uh, try to have a little event at the local track here and it took off, you know, we did a street class and what we called a pro class. And now what was uh, the, what's the difference? Because a lot of times what really makes things tough for racing is, Sometimes with Volkswagens, you end up having 50 different classes. You know what I mean? Right. And so, so I had seen that like on the, like in the West coast, um, you know, tons of classes, tons of cars, but only a handful of cars in each class. 
So we were trying to figure out what's the easiest way to get the most cars um, to where, like, if you had a Volkswagen, you could just come race with us. Yeah. And so we came up with a, we, we called it a street class. And basically it was like, you know, no wheelie bars, you know, it had to be on DOT tires. Um, and no, like no delay boxes, no, uh, clutch management or the, uh, clutch release, you know, none of that kind of stuff. So basically just a, any kind of car, water cooled or air cooled. And then the pro was more like your dedicated race cars, you know, quicker, slicks, wheelie bars, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Still no delay boxes, but more the, the dedicated race car guys. Um, and so we, I talked to the local track and he was like, yeah, cool. We'll do it on a Sunday. Cause that's our dead day, you know? And I'm like, Hey, we may have seven cars. We may have 25. I have no idea. We're just, this is our first time. So we, we got a few sponsors, uh, just local people, you know, they're like, Hey, I'll throw in some money. I'll throw in some money. Right. And we ended up having 53 cars total. Wow. Um, and it paid a thousand dollars to win each class. That's not bad. And then I think, I think second was like 600 and then I paid, um, semis and quarters, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty cool. And, and then everybody was fired up, yeah. you know, they're like, holy crap, we have to do this again. We tried to do There, there were some guys in East Texas. They did a series at a, a track out there and ran and we averaged out there probably 25 or 30 cars, you know, uh, a month. And it was a point series. Um, and then I did another event. We blended it in with a V eight event. You know, I just kind of tagged onto it. Uh, and we had like 75 cars show up to that one. And I, and I think that one we added, uh, I want to say we added pro stocks to that one and jason pointer ran that part yeah um so yeah and, and it just kind of went from there you know our whole goal really was for me was to get back to that bug in right where you could add the car show and the swap meet yeah and everybody come out because that's what i grew up doing and that was my childhood memory you know i'm like we're we're there because in texas car shows are everywhere and people will go because they love to show off their car and their swap meets are always full. So I know that part's easy. Getting the people to come out and drag race, that was the hard part. Because I'm like, I don't even know anybody that does drag racing. So once we kind of established that car count and a little bit of a following, we were able to do, and we called it the Texas Bug-In. Um, and we had, you know, the same thing. We added, we had an out, we had an outlaw, we call it outlaw. So it was basically pro stocks and turbo cars, whatever, just a heads up class. Um, but that, that race, we had like 93 cars. at, And that was, um, and, and that was the last one that you did was 93 cars. No, that was in 21. So you started this. So one. we had a couple more. Yeah. And then, so what was the first we year? Were, what was the first year you guys did this? So we did it. Um, March. I want to say it was 14th, 2020. So, Literally the next day, the county closed the racetrack and the whole world shut down. Oh, wow. So after we were on this huge high from this first event and everybody's pumped and everybody wants a drag race, well, sorry, because there's no drag strips and everybody has to stay home. You know, we just get to look at pictures yeah. from last weekend. Uh, so, yeah, so two or three years you know, we're doing one or two of big events and still doing like a summer point series um, to keep that car count steady. Uh, and then, you know, me and Jason got to talking and he was like, hey, I was kind of I've been working on some sponsors and I kind of want to do like a pro stock nationals. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I already have this huge group of bracket racers and the car show part, you know, they're car show people and not to take anything away from that. I'm just not a car show guy. Right. Uh, I just like to cruise my bug, you know, typically, but I said, all right, let's do it. You know, we'll come up with a cool name and we'll have a huge payout and we'll have a pro stock nationals. So, so that's kind of how that Texas versus the world came about. 
because we're sitting around like trying to think of something clever, you know, like what's going to get people's attention and make them want to drive to Texas when you're already racing pretty consistently on the East coast. Right. You know, you've got a huge following on the West coast um, and nothing in the middle. Like who wants to come to Texas? We've only been doing this for a little while. So that's how we came up with the Texas versus the world. Cause it's kind of, it was funny to us, you know, I'm like, we know that Texas probably doesn't have the fastest cars in the country. Yeah. It's definitely not the world, but Texas already has that reputation of being pretty arrogant um, and pretty proud of our state. So we're like, all right, Texas versus the world. Well, when we announced that, uh, it just took off because everybody's like, what? You know, you're calling out the whole world? <laughs> you think y'all are that cool? Uh, and we're like, I don't know, but here we go. You know, we're going to try it. And it was a huge success. How many cars showed up? Um, so our race car count, I want to say was somewhere just shy of 140. Wow. It was like in the 135, 137 range. Um, and then, you know, obviously I put so much emphasis on it being, a drag race sure that I kind of I don't want to say I left the car show guys out but I didn't put a whole lot of effort into promoting that mm-hmm. so that that side kind of slacked I think there was probably 175 show cars which is still huge yeah, you know it's still a lot of cars and so like at the bug in I think there was 250 yeah or you know close, close you know somewhere between 250 and 300 so 175, I was like, I know we can do better than that. But I was pumped. You know, I'm like, it was cool. It looked good. The swap meet was great. You know, we did uh, like Patway. I had power wheels racing for the kids. So like we got up there and the guy who, you know, runs the starter uh, that runs the tree, he got up there. We let the kids stage and then race to the 60 foot. Um, and that was kind of cool. You know, we gave him a big check and a tr- little trophy and stuff. And so, but, and so when, when you decided to put this on, like you're, you're, you start out doing little drag races here and there when right. you're, when you're putting this on, I mean, from your standpoint, especially being somewhat new to drag racing and seeing all the different classes and the simplification of drag racing, right? Power adders, yeah. no power adders, full right. race car or street driven race car. Um, how many classes, like what was the, what do you feel from your standpoint of, of racing was the most, cause, cause the problem is everybody's got a race, and right? Everybody races, no matter how fast their car is, you know, they're going to, they're going to have a good time. Right. So the problem is everybody like from the West coast has a dedicated class. And so that's what they're used to. Um, and I was already had this mindset of like, just bring your car and we have a class for it. But that's my simpleton, simpleton way of thinking, you know, like you can always bracket race it. Well, not everybody likes to bracket race, you know? I mean, the more I get into it, the the less I want to bracket race. I want to run heads up too. Um, So I understand that now. Um, But when I, when we started that, like we knew we wanted to have the pro stock class and we knew we wanted to have what we call outlaw, which is, basically a vw you know a a, a bodied car vw bodied door slammer rear engine air cooled any power adder any fuel any size tire you know whatever you want to do there is fine as long as it's rear engine air cooled and vw bodied right um so we knew we had those two classes well you know there's a lot of guys like i'll I'll use tom kenny for instance because his car like it's not a, you know, low five second car. Right. Um, and I say five cause we all, we run all eighth mile here. Uh-huh. Um, but he's like, Hey, okay, that's your rules. That's cool. I'm going to come because I want to support this and see, you know, how big we can make it. So he came down and raced in that outlaw class. Now he was outgunned in that class. You know I mean? He's still on a six inch tire cause he's used to racing that pro class and the Volks group where if you have a power adder, you're on a six inch slick. Right. So it was like a whole, you know, it was weird for some of the guys, 
and now now looking at that you know now that i can take a step back and see okay there's some things that we can change Mm -hmm. you know um so we still so that deal we had our our ladies which is just you know obviously it's kind of like the powder puff class but i allow it's just a bracket class so i allow water-cooled or air-cooled cars you just have to be a chick yeah um and then we had our street bracket and then the pro bracket which was the same two classes we've been running forever and and then we had um super stock which is like the uh sort of like pro stock right but it's the it's 12 pounds per cubic inch instead of nine and i think they have some other kind of like it has to be a pan-based car and that you know that kind of stuff yeah um which is like what david stark runs and um and he and he came out and raced and so with, with with guys coming out from West Coast and East Coast and all these different these different drag racing associations, when you guys did Texas versus the world, how many classes did it break down into? Um, I had the ladies, street, pro, um, super stock, pro stock, outlaw. And then we had what we called extreme class, which was like for guys like Johnny O that now, you know, has a, a Volkswagen bodied car, but has a different kind of uh, power plant. Right. Um, and then, you know, like we had a fastback that's got a, it's still Volkswagen. It's Volkswagen motor, but it's a VR6 in the front and it has like a two speed power glide, you know? So I'm like, well, if the outlaw guys didn't want to race him because obviously it doesn't fit those rules. Uh, so we put him in that extreme VW class. And that's a, like that I feel like is a, is a class that gets overlooked. Um, those guys with the different engine combination. Yeah, um, because they're kind of like the bastard of the Volkswagen world, right? Like people get mad at them, but I'm like, dude, they're Volkswagen people that are tired of spending 30, 40, 50 grand on a motor when they could spend eight grand on a motor and go faster, you know? Right. They want, they want, they want to have a little more, see what they could do to have a little more reliability with their power. Because obviously, <clears throat> you know, Volkswagens, if you're using, you know, original VW parts, you're talking about you know, taking technology that's, you know, 50 years old right? And, and trying to squeeze that into maximum amount of power, which then starts to wear out its reliability. And then you have to go start just going full aftermarket for everything. And then when you're, you know, buying $1,500 sets of rods, it gets kind of pricey, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like, so, so for our next one, I still want to have our outlaw pro stock class and we're doing something a little bit different for, the guys that don't quite meet that outlaw speed, you know. And what's what was um, the outlaw class running? Uh, well, Eric Calabrese came and he ran that class, and I think the fastest time he ran was like his first or second run down the track, and it went like five thirty-five at one hundred and forty something miles an hour. Huh. Um, and then you know up to probably. Six oh probably. So it's everything from so low fives to six six seconds, which yeah, any which mistake is, could cost you the race. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could win it or lose it on the tree or miss a shift or, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, they're fast cars. Uh, and then you know the pro stocks are just those guys are crazy anyway. Those yeah. high strung. Now what the ten thousand RPM what, what naturally the, aspirated. What What did the VR six car run? Um, I think he ran like five forty nine or something oh, like wow. that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, he's got he's got it set up. They're they're they've got that program figured out. And I think, I mean, I think that car could go faster than that. I don't even know if they had it turned up all the way. Yeah. And so, with all the cars turning out, I mean, it, it was a it was a massive turnout, more than what you guys had thought. Do you guys have another one planned for this year coming up? Yes, September 13th and 14th. So September 13th and 14th this year. And it's uh, on Facebook, the event page is Texas versus the World 1.5. And that's just because I didn't have any catchy name to come up with, you know, when I made the event thing. But 1.5 works for me for now because my ultimate goal is to make 25 just astronomical. Yeah. No, I think uh, I, I, I... I like the I like the premise behind it, um, and so now you, when you guys are doing the event, it's a single day event. 
it's a two-day event. So Friday night we did a uh, gambler's bracket race. So any class, any car, as long as it's Volkswagen. So last year was every last year was just one night then, or was one day um, last year? Well, it was supposed to be, and then we had so many people coming from out of state uh, uh, that we decided to um, run one round of qualifying for all the heads up classes on Friday night. And then we did that, bra- that gambler's bracket race, uh, which, which was pretty cool. I mean, we also allowed V8 cars that night. So what's so the, there was the what, what's the gambler's bl- bracket race, just a bracket race wide open. Anything goes, do- just anything goes. Yeah. Yep. Just a dial in class. And did a VW win that? Yeah. Well, that one was a, a, a VW only class. Uh-huh. And then we also had, uh, another group, the local group that has a class called uh, Slow Street, which is just basically, you know, your everyday type street cars that are, you know, mid seven second cars. Uh, they do a random draw index and then they race that. So we had them and then there was some test and tune and grudge racing Friday night. So it was packed Friday night. And we and Jason are looking at each other like, holy moly, you know, like this is crazy. I never expected this. You know, driving through the pits on the golf cart Friday night, because I'm not racing my car Friday night. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of want to take it all in. So we're driving through the pits, and the cars that you're seeing, you know, it was like cars that I have seen in hot VWs my whole life and have never laid eyes on them. You know, like the Red Baron car and, um, you know, some of those pro stock cars that come from the East Coast that I've never seen before. Uh, you know, Aaron Brown with the, his wild paint scheme with the bulldog. And I mean, just these cars that I've seen all over YouTube and, and Facebook and hot VWs and, uh, and they're here at the event that we put on. And I'm, I was just ear to ear grins, you know, I, I couldn't have been happier. Nice. And then the feedback you got from the people that were there. Uh, everybody seemed to like it. I mean, the, First of all, the facility, Extreme Raceway Park is like, it's got to be one of the nicest facilities in the country. I mean, it, it, the whole pits are concrete, you know, shower, everything is super nice and they keep the track super dialed in. Um, so that was the first thing everybody said was, wow, this this track is uh, incredible. You know, this facility is great. But then the way everything ran, you know, it, it ran pretty smooth. And, and I was, you know, very happy about that. You know, there wasn't too much wait time, uh, between classes, you know, everything ran pretty good. And overall I I didn't hear, uh, any negativity. So you think, uh, you think you'll have a pretty good turnout this year then you're thinking? Um, I hope so. Yeah. Um, and what was the payouts on each class? Uh, so pro stock, the winner got seventy five hundred, I think. Holy cow! Um, out and then you know, that was a fifteen thousand dollar total purse. So, you know, he paid shit. I think everybody got paid in that class. Um, Outlaw, I want to say was around five five thousand to win. Um, and then same thing, you know, we paid back in that class and then the bracket classes were like 3000 to win. Um, the lady class was like a thousand. I think overall we paid out over 40 grand. Wow. That's huge. And it was, you know, we were sweating it, (laughs) you know, like hoping that the turnout was good and the people would come and watch because, you know, as any promoter will tell you, like oh, it's yeah. the people that come through the gate, you know, that pay back the, yeah, the cost of renting the track and all the stuff that comes with it, you know. Well, and the big, the, you know, the big thing with doing these events, you know, I, I put on my one crazy weekend here in Vegas, and it's just you put the event on because you love the hobby so much and you want to see something in your own city that does something good, and then. You're sweating it the whole time. No matter even how much pre-registration stuff you get, you're still sweating it, hoping that people turn up and that you get enough people and cars and 
everything in between. Well, not only that, but like Texas has the weirdest weather, right? So we plan this event a year in advance and people start paying, you know, pre-registration and we pay to rent the track. And then they're like, okay, you're locked in. And you basically just cross your fingers that the weather doesn't suck. Yeah, I mean, um, everything from wind we, to rain to anything else. That gets yeah, because Friday, like when I showed up at the track, I took the day off of work Friday. When I showed up at the track at like 10 in the morning, it was pouring down rain. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. And then, you know, so I was like just sitting in Jason's motorhome looking out the windshield like, oh, my God. And and, and it cleared up and uh, the weekend, the weather couldn't have been better. Like everything about the event just went perfectly, I think. And now with your with, with your particular card, did you you didn't run your card all the weekend? I did. I did pretty terrible. <laughs> um, and what's your car? So, what's your car run? So my car is set is was my motor is built for turbo. Uh huh. And I what and I wasn't running a turbo. I had smaller carburetors on it, so it runs really crappy right now. Like currently, it's um, finally being upgraded. So I'm putting all the hall tech and blow through turbo and all that. Um, so my goal is high sixes, low sevens, um, full streetcar, full weight bumpers, everything. Uh, right now it runs like high eights, low nines, <laughs> just right. naturally aspirated. It runs crappy. Yeah. Um, then, you know, I was, it went red in uh, all three classes that I entered. So, <laughs> so you were a little, little excited. It's tough, man. I yeah. Mean, you got, yeah. You got, which is cool too. Cause you know, like, yeah, it'd be cool to win the event and make a bunch of money, but it's, it was also cool to go out and then get to just watch all the racing because, um, you know, getting to see those outlaw cars run was like, I mean, that was a dream come true for me, you know? Sure. Now, what'd you guys have spectator wise? Would you have, you have some full stands or what? Yeah, it wasn't bad. So, so the way we did the, the day, um, because the car show in swap meet was only one day. Um, and we, we opened the gates. I want to say like 10 and did the car show and swap meet stuff early and then did the awards for the car show and immediately, did the national anthem and then started drag racing. Oh, nice. So everybody that was there from the car show just kind of came over and watched the races. Um, you know, cause when you're doing it and you have a car show and the drag racing at the same time, the car show guys are like, well, I don't want to leave my car, you know, and I don't, you know, the swap meet people, they don't want to leave. Uh, so we let all that kind of finish and then we start racing kind of makes for a late night sometimes but it's cool that everybody gets to be there and watch it. Uh, overall through the gate, I think we had like 3000 people. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. You know, I, what's the, I mean, what's the VW scene like the street scene, like in Texas over there in Fort Worth area. As far as like, uh, just clubs just, and, yeah, VWs and in general. Cars. uh, not bad. Um, cause that, you know, Dallas is right next door. So Dallas, and Fort Worth combined has a pretty big scene. There's a lot of car clubs. Um, when there's an event, you know, everybody shows up. Um, but then, you know, also we, we had people coming in to show from Houston and Austin and San Antonio and, you know, surrounding states. Uh, and then, you know, like the drag racing, they were from obviously – you know, as far north as Oregon, uh, that's where the Marvins came from. Yeah. Um, and then so all up and down California and then Vegas. No, is that right? That's where Aaron Brown's from, right? Las Vegas. Aaron Brown. Uh, I don't think he's, well, I, he could be, I don't know. I, I, I don't follow drag racing a ton, but I don't, uh, I don't. Recall. His car is the black and yellow one that was on the cover of Hot VWs uh, last year. I think he's from Vegas, but anyway, then we had cars from Arizona, um, New Jersey. Who came down from the East coast? Uh, what is it? I cannot remember his name. The car on the side said big nasty. 
the on this window. It's blue. It's a blue car, um, white flames. But then the Pelicans, Ryan and, and uh, why can I not think of the other one? Ryan. It's a father and son. They came over and they're from Georgia, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we had some East Coast. Oh, uh, we had one bracket guy come down from. Geez, I want to say like Pennsylvania or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know the Currys from Ohio, uh, Warren Skaggs. Um, I mean, there was just. So you it guys had, you, I mean, you guys basically had everything East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, and everything in between. Yeah, from uh, all over. Yeah, um, Ryan. Oh, wow. I can't think of his name. His last name. Anyway, uh, from Colorado, two of the guys came down from Denver in the outlaw car. Ryan McBride and Jim Grant from Denver. Nice. Um, they both have outlaw cars. Um, so, yeah, it was well represented across the country, I think. And it's then a-, a lot of cars from Mexico, a ton of them. Oh, really? Like, they brought, uh, like, the Gorillas racing team. Um, and then there was another racing team, but all of them came together. They probably had eight or nine race cars. Really? From, from Mexico, huh? Oh my God. Their pit dude was the funnest. Like they brought up a smoker and had like full on barbecue, full on shindig every night. I mean, it was, they had the most fun probably, uh, them and the, and the Marvins, (laughs) uh, and like one one couple drove their bug from Monterey, Mexico. They drove it together, drove all the way up from Monterey, Mexico, which is like 22 hours. Drag raced it in two separate classes and then drove it home. Wow! What what kind of times were those guys running? They run um, something. It was like a it was a pretty stock late model bug. I think it was like a high 11, low 12 second eighth mile car. Now, what do you do? Um, what, do? Do you guys have like a real? You guys don't have like a real street class. I mean, the real street class here, I think, has like six cars that run it. You know what I mean? Right. No, there's there's not any. There's not like a real big following for that here. So people who have, um, like nobody's that dedicated as far as drag racing a street car. Right. Um. You know, you'll have guys like me and a couple of my buddies. They have like quicker street cars, um, but most of our street classes, it, you know, it'll be anywhere from a really high seven, low eight to like fourteen seconds in the eighth mile. And what is somebody that uh, that like, let's say like my bug, right? Slicks, it's got, uh, I think it's got eight inch slicks on it, maybe, maybe six inch. I don't know. I, I just dusted it off and raced it in Medford. Right. It's like, you know, it's like it's. I don't even think it. I don't even think my car's got a cage in it. Maybe it, I don't think it does. But it's it's like a like a home built drag car. You know, fiberglass front end. Yeah. You know, but everything else, and so it's got some Lexan windows. What 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 class would that car run in? That would be like a pro bracket class. So pro bracket. And so it's still it's still a dial in class. You know, it's just allow slicks and wheelie bars and that kind of stuff. Which for this year, I think I'm going to change those classes. To just ET based and just allow slicks or whatever in either class. Yeah. To try to gain, you know, because there's some cars that just that have slicks that aren't really that fast and don't want to race against the pro guys, but they want to run slicks. And I'm cool with that, you know? So I think I'm going to break it by ET and just say, hey, if you're faster than this, you'll be in this class. If you're slower than that, you're going to be in this class. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that I liked about about the um, the class they had for the Volks Group guys is the way that they had it broken down with right. respect to uh, you know the different the different brackets. Right, and mine will be very similar to that. <laughs> it just won't be a dedicated um, index number that you have to run. It'll still be just a dial-in class. Yeah. Nice. Well. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see it going. I'm gonna to try to see if I can make it out there this year, even if I got to fly out. It may be cool if I drove out, but uh, 
who knows? Hey, Johnny said he'll ride with you. I said, hey, it'd be cool to do the, do the podcast live from the event, you know? That's it. Well, listen, we, <laughs> we've we've done uh, done plenty of things like that before. So yeah, I just looked at yeah. an 18-hour drive, so I might ride out there with Johnny, and I might fly home. So who knows? I might, yeah. I might be his road yeah. dog on the way there and bail on the way home. But uh, Yeah, I've seen that happen before. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a, it, uh, it's a two-day drive or – you know, if you do it Johnny style, eighteen hours on forty six rock stars and and no sleep, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, he had a good time when he came out. Yeah, he said it was a he said it was a a real a real nice setup and everything was uh, everything was pretty good. So I definitely would like to uh, come out there and check it out just to kind of get the whole vibe for that Texas thing because you know I just love the VW scene all over the country. I think it's just super unique and there's just a lot of really. Uh, a lot of variety in the scene and every specific area just has its own kind of vibe, you know, and I, I like, yeah. It and that's what, like, that's what I, I was talking to Tom Kennedy earlier on the phone. And, you know, when people ask like, well, how, what is y'all's race like? Well, it's a drag race, it's a car show, it's a swap meet. We do some things, you know, we have our own little spin on it, the way we do it. Um, you know, like when you go to the Volks group, like that's such a cool event, you know, it's like very, everybody's together you know uh big family you know everybody's real friendly they do the dinners and stuff yeah. um i didn't do that um but i did try to drive around you know talk to everybody see how they were doing see how they liked it you know um and i haven't been over on the east coast yet but i plan to do at least one of those this year uh just to go check it out you know because yeah, our event was great, but is there is there a way to make it better? Probably. You know, I don't want to steal people's ideas, but I you got to open your eyes to different things. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and, and these think... guys are doing killer jobs, you know. Scott Sane and Scott Picaro and, and Steven and Kathy over on the East Coast and then JK and Tom and all, everybody who does everything on the West Coast, that obviously works. Right. Um, and so I'm... I've talked more to other promoters since doing this, you know, just, Hey, you know, how are y'all doing? You know, like anything I can help you with, you want me to share your deal, you know, just different, like try to be more supportive because as you know, putting on the one crazy weekend, like planning anything absolutely sucks. Yeah. It's, it, you know, <laughs> there's a it's lot a of headache. Doesn't... It's a lot of work. It's yeah. stressful. And you know, so well. And then my favorite, like, my favorite thing is everybody just comes up to you and says, gives you their two cents of what they would do. Yeah, and you're like, hey, there's always an opportunity to do another event. Feel free to, uh, yeah, you know, hop in and, and see what you can right. do. Right, because it really, yeah. it really, it takes a lot. And you know, you put this much time and effort and everything into it, and really, um, it, it's one of those things where you put your heart and soul into it. And people start criticizing it, and you kind of take it personally. It's hard not to take it personally because it's like. I've a- tried not to. The more I do it, I try not to take it personally. Like, I'll vent to my wife or I'll call Jason and vent, you know. I'm like, this son of a bitch, you know. Yeah. But I try to keep a very – I try, keyword, uh, to keep a pretty level head online, you know, and take it with a grain of salt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's hard to not get defensive when something that you – I mean, it's like, that's my kid, you know. I raised it from nothing, you know. Yeah. And, you know, so to tell me I'm not doing it right or whatever. So when you do hear people like, uh, you know, Eric Calabrese and Chad Daly and Paul Logan and, and you know, uh, J.D. Curry and, and all these guys, Pat Downs, you know, like, hey, dude, y'all did a killer job. Like, that was awesome. That's, that's, a, that's one of the best events I've been to. You know, I'm like, that's why we do it. That's yeah. fun. So, you know, that the- makes it worth it. Some of the toughest stuff to get going is is the, uh, <clears throat> you know, to get people into it, you know, the spectators, the car show guys, because there's, you know, you'll sit and watch, you know, Street Outlaws and stuff like that, where you actually have, you start to get to know the characters and you start to develop, you know, people who you like, who you want to see win and all this kind of stuff. Right. But it, it's tough to be able to do that in the VW world because first, the only place you'll get information like that is in the magazine and let's be honest, nobody reads the magazines. You know what I mean? It's just, 
it's just it's just not what people do right so yeah um, and now with youtube though that's made it really cool because now you start seeing more of it and i'm with you though like until i started drag racing it's just two more cars going down the strip right well once you start doing it and you're hanging out in pits with people and you start to develop those relationships then you know every single car that comes up and you're like rooting for them you know even if it's in your same class you're like hoping that guy wins or whatever you know i'm like it's fun it's a big family and you know we have our riffs you know we ever you know we all get a little heated sometimes and then later you know come back and ah oh, dude you know you know i didn't mean nothing by it, you know that kind of stuff but it is it's a big family and it's 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 there's nothing like it to me no, that's I can't get away from it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty excited to check it out this year. Hopefully, I'll be able to make it down there because it seems somewhat reasonable. I mean, if uh, I know Johnny's got uh, Johnny's got the old red dragon, uh, my 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 race car, he's got that at his place because last time I cheesed on the line and uh, and and broke the trans. But um, yeah, you're gonna get that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I, I think it's definitely something that. Uh, that I'd love to, I, I would love to definitely uh, get out there. I'd love to run my car out there too, because I really enjoyed running eighth mile. It's, a, it's honestly a lot less nerve wracking than quarter mile, you know, because quarter mile. Yeah, there's a lot that happens in a short amount of time. Right. Um, but in the quarter mile, if you don't have a fast car, when you click fourth, you know, you're just kind of driving, right. <laughs> you know. Well, um, and that's the thing. It's like, uh, and if you, and if you've got a fast car, you're wringing its neck. You know, and it feels yeah. like you might. And, it, and I feel like eighth mile is cool for spectators because you're turning the cars down the track a lot faster. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can't talk about all that without, like, I can't sit here and list every single sponsor, but we couldn't do any of this without those guys. Um, no, you know, we had help from all the big Volkswagen, you know, the aftermarket Volkswagen companies, hot VWs. Um, we even had other promote, like, you know, J.D. Curry does his um, VW Summer Nationals up there in Ohio. He was a big supporter of this event. You know, we have some local people that steadily put, you know, back this this kind of stuff because they believe in us, and we couldn't do any of it without them. Right. Now, there's no question that, the, you know, sponsors make, sponsors make a huge difference in, you know, making something like that become a reality, and, and it's just, you know, making sure that, the people that enjoy the event support the sponsors so that they get some dual benefit out of it. You know, it's not just a, it's not just a money grab. You like to see your people get, uh, you like to see your sponsors get supported through that, you know? Right. And, and, you know, like having the huge payout is, is, is great, you know, because like it'll help pay for some fuel and stuff, but let's be honest, like if you're drag racing Volkswagens yeah. and you're trying to do it for money, you're, you're in the wrong sport. Because these things will just suck the life out of you. Oh, yeah. Um, so getting a little money back is cool. But nobody's doing it for the money. But even still to put on one of these events, you know, I mean, you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, without it's, those people, we couldn't do it. No, it's pretty heavily involved. But, you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that there's people doing stuff like that out there. And it's just guys from from nothing that don't have a ton of experience just deciding to put it on because no one else is. You know what I mean? And it's. Yeah. And, it's and so when we first started it, I did get a lot of that criticism, you know, after that first deal. Yeah. Well, you know, back in the day, we used to do this, and, you know, this is how it used to be. And I would just stop them like, hey, if 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 back in the day how it used to be and this is how you used to do it worked, why, why did it die? You know, like, why did you let it fall apart? Well, so no, if that if that obviously didn't work or nobody nobody cared anymore. So like let's just let me do it. Yeah, know? and part of the challenge is, you know, you you want to open it up so you get as much competition as possible. Anybody right. you, you've always got guys that show up to car shows that just show up for a trophy or show up to the yep. drag race and they try to get a car that's going to be the only one in its class that they can just say that they keep getting trophies, they keep getting first place. But yep. that's not the majority of the people. The majority of people love good competition love to battle it out and i think the more people that you have racing it's it's definitely more enjoyable spectator wise and everything yeah, else absolutely and that's why you look at a deal like like our last event you know and i'll use tom again he, he was outgunned 
So you look at that as a promoter and go, okay, there's somewhere in between that we can build a class that would be super competitive, but they're just not low five second cars. Let's do something for them because that's still a super fun class to watch. Right. You know, it's heads up drag racing. They're side by side. They're still really fast. Um, so there needs to be a spot for them. Otherwise you start to lose that, you know, people are like, dude, there's no way I'm driving 15, 18, 25 hours to go get my ass kicked. You know, I know I'm not going to win. Right. Now uh, uh, you want, everybody wants a competitive, a competitive yeah. challenge. Yeah. It's good know. for the spectators. It's great for the racers. You know, it, it's, it's good all around. So yeah, you, you have to look at, what you're doing and see if it works and if it works cool if it if it needs some tweaking then do that <laughs> yeah no no question well i definitely think uh it's it's something that i'm, I'm glad to see it happening uh you know i, I know that there's there's another thing that's going to be happening this year that they just announced details are fairly vague on it at this point um I don't know if there's a lot of stuff out for classes and all that stuff but it's uh um i think they call it the race of champions um, and what is it? The, yeah, like it's world finals or something. The world finals. So that's fairly interesting. Um, but, uh, and, uh, I know that, uh, Brian reached out to me and told me that, you know, once they announced it, they already had people calling and trying to plan shipping cars out for us from all over the world. So we'll see. And that's in December. So that's after your event. So, you know, we, you can right. always come down and check that one well, out. Well, you know, when he announced it, you know, I'm like holding my breath. And I'm sure, you know, JK and all those other guys are too. We're like, hey, uh, wh uh, when is this going to be? So I called him. <laughs> it's like, do you have a date for that? He's like, yeah, it's in December. I'm like, hey, perfect. Right. You know? He's like, no, I know not to step on toes. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that's cool. You know, I hope that's a, a success because, like I was telling Tom earlier, you don't, I mean, any any drag racing is better than no drag racing. So you want to see all of it right. succeed, you know, uh, it's great for you too. Cause it's right in your backyard. I love it. I, lo I love <laughs> stuff in Vegas, you know, and even for us locals, it's, you know, Vegas is kind of a small town, uh, geographically, but like the, the drag strip is so far out there. And from yeah. where the spectators park, you go through the pits, the pits are like 15 acres. So walking yeah. across 15 acres to go and watch the racing, and then you just hope there's no oil down, stuff like that. How did you guys fare with respect to, uh, you know, oil downs and all that stuff, which is the biggest complaint that I hear from people with respect to, you know, drag so, racing Volkswagens. So with all these cars sitting dormant for so long here, and then, you know, all this new blood that, that just decided they want to try it, um, there was a lot of breakage in the beginning. I mean, we had, and most of it was transmission related because the racetrack that we race on is super sticky. Um, so we had, you know, transmissions breaking and splitting the case and draining the contents of the gearbox right there on the starting line. And it didn't happen just once. It happened several times. So after the first season, I made, you know, I made an announcement. I'm like, hey, and I think we were the first people to do it and I caught so much crap for it, but I'm like, Hey, from here on out, if you're on a slick or a drag radial, I'm requiring a transmission blanket or catch pan. Yeah. Um, because you know, some of these guys had them and they would break their gearbox and you'd see all the fluid in the, in the catch pan and we could just push the car off and keep going, you know, and the people who complained about it, I had to break it down for them. I'm like when you break your transmission and you oil the track, you get your car pushed off and you're gone. They still have to spend all that time cleaning it. Meantime, you're pushing your car in the trailer and you take off and go home. Yeah. Well, if that happens seven times in a race day, that just pushed me back three and a half hours from getting to go home. You yeah. know, I, I mean, selfishly, I was more worried about me, you know, I'm like, this is ridiculous that we're having to spend this much time cleaning up oil. So we finally started doing engine and transmission catch pans, and then it's drastically, drastically cut down on 
oil downs. Well, it also helps. Like if you grenade your car, you can really quickly find out what it was you grenaded. You're not scat- yeah. you're not searching the whole track for the bits and pieces right. that shot off the car. Right. Now, I will say <laughs> that the engine blankets, you know, uh, John at FTD, he does the engine blankets and the transmissions. Those are great. All, all the catch pans out there are awesome until you throw a rod to the top of the motor right and then it doesn't matter yeah. you know the the oil's going everywhere anyway but that doesn't happen all the time most of the time for us it was transmission related and this is this has helped you know so when i saw brian say 100 percent across the board no matter what kind of car you're driving what class whatever we're requiring oil containment I'm like great idea that's Every track, every promoter in the country should start going to that. Yeah, and what's the uh, and 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 what's the set run for the engine blanket and transmission blanket? Um, I think John's are around two hundred dollars a piece or so. Yeah. Uh, the guy, there's a guy up in Oregon that makes them. Uh, the catch pan that kind of covers the whole motor and transmission, and I think he's two hundred, two fifty, and it covers both. Um, you know, and a lot of guys were just going and getting, you know, big, like turkey frying pans and just self tapping them up to the bottom of the car or hose clamp or whatever, you know, I mean, I don't care how you do it and it doesn't have to be the fanciest right? as long as it keeps oil off the track. Well, that's um, the, that's the key so component. the cost, the cost versus the amount of downtime is a drop in the bucket, you know, you, and you only have to buy it one time. Well, that's the thing too. People people don't want to get caught up in a lot of the downtime of waiting because that's when the that's when the that's when the stands start clearing out. Someone right. oils down the track, everybody just gets up and starts walking away. You know. Yep. Yep. And that's terrible for us. You know. And and these guys drag racing, they want people to watch them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then you know it's frustrating when you're sitting back there and you're next to go or you're you know, already seat belted in and your helmet on and everything and up, oh, kill them. Oh, here we go. You know, yeah, you're sitting there. Get out. You've already kind of killed all your nerves. You've already got all the butterflies out of the way and you're kind of, you know, game mode. And then, Oh, 30 minute downtime, you know? Yeah. Well, that's so, cool, man. Yeah. It's been a huge help. And I know, uh, like the Volks group is doing it now. I noticed Brian, uh, posted it. Uh, I don't know for sure on the East Coast if they're doing that yet. Um, if not, they definitely should. Yeah, I think it's. De- I think it's for sure something that you know makes the racing go a lot easier, a lot quicker, and a lot less uh, downtime. And that makes the biggest difference, you know. So people could just watch back to back racing because really, that's what they're there for. It's no different than when people watching an MMA fight and they're locked in a grappling hold for fifteen minutes. Yeah, everybody starts yeah, booing. Like, quit hugging each other, man. Yeah, they, they want to see action. They want to see action. Right, so. and and that's not and that's not even limited to just Volkswagens. I think the V8 cars, the no prep guys. I mean, everything across the board. From from your slowest cars to your fastest cars. Yeah. I, I mean, I think every track and promoter in the country should just bite the bullet and say, "Hey, if you don't have an engine blanket and transmission catch pan or diaper or whatever, like, you're not racing." Now are you gonna have uh, you gonna have your car ready for this year with the turbo on it or what? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. What are you hoping to run with the turbo? I hope it runs like a high six, low seven. Oh wow. Now that that's full interior. Like I've got carpet, headliner, roll bar. You know, all three seats, bumpers. You know, it's a heavy car, but I want it to just be. And I still I still take my kids to baseball and softball practice and pick them up from school and everything in it. Yeah, I want it to be a full functional streetcar and be able to haul ass. Well, and that's always been kind of my my thought with uh, with um, you know turbo or power adder cars for street use. It's like you can drive them civilized if you can right. if you can control yourself and you know on the street just kind of cruise them around. And then when you want to get on it, you can really well. Kinda... That's the cool thing now about like this haul tech that I got. Like I could detune the car for street driving yeah and it keeps me from getting in trouble you know uh so i'm, I'm i mean i'm really excited about it 
Well, cool, man. Well, I'm 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 hoping to see more of it, and uh, we'll make sure that we mention it here on the podcast as we get closer to it and help promote to help you guys get yeah, some people. Yeah. So there. if I if I can, I'd like to plug. We have a website. It's TexasVersusTheWorld.com. Okay. Um, I'm gonna start adding the sponsors. You know, as we get them, we'll add some pictures from the last event. Um, but I have a sheet on there. You know, if anybody is interested in in coming on board and to help support it, uh, I have a whole sheet there with different you know, price lists and everything of what you get and and that kind of stuff too. So now do you guys have a host yeah. hotel where everybody stand? Um, I, I didn't last year. Everybody kind of stayed at the same one. There's a town nearby in Hutchins, but this year I am going to get a host hotel somewhere. I'm going to go down and pick out whichever one's the best. <laughs> yeah. You know, this, this, this last uh, December I did the, the hot rod power tour West in my crew cab. And, uh, that's one of the things that was, that was really lacking. Like they didn't have any host hotel information. When you got down over the, by, by Irwindale, there's 20 different hotels you could stay at. And there was really, you know, you kind of got to the parking lot and there's a spat, a smattering of cars here and there, but. Right. Um, it, and the cool thing about XRP is they allow primitive camping. I mean, they don't have any RV hookups, right? but you can bring your motor home, set up a generator. You can bring your tent, you know, whatever that they don't they're not that strict on it. So when you come in the gate Friday, you don't have to leave till Sunday. Oh, nice. So there was a lot of camping, you know, some pretty good partying. I, I you know, got to sit around, you know, and listen to some good stories, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a good, it's a good time. Well, but yeah, if anybody was thinking about it, you know, definitely come out and try it. And it's September 13th and 14th, 2024 extreme waste raceway park in ferris texas yes sir so, yeah texas versus the world shootout so if you guys got drag cars and you want to bring them out and run against anybody and everybody that's the spot to go to so man clint yep. look i appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking some time to talk yeah. to us about this yeah i appreciate you reaching out i, I had a good time with this yeah and, and i think uh you know the closer we get to it maybe we'll do some follow-up and if we got you know my my if any way that I can help, what I can do is maybe bring some, maybe get to know some people that are going to be out there racing, doing some stuff, maybe do some round table, yeah. with different racers. And yeah, you know, one of the, one of my favorite things that one of my favorite podcasts that you've done was when you talked to John sugar up there in, uh, at oh, the yeah. Volks group, right? Medford. Yeah. Yeah. No. Because I, you know, I've talked to him. Great guy. His, his wife, like they're both great people, but I didn't realize that he, had been that deep into it for that long. Oh yeah. I mean, he's, he's stacked for years of, yeah. Of I mean, listening racing. to his, his pedigree of, you know, all the, the wins and the, and the championships, you know, I'm like this guy and is what's good. Insane is he's had that car for so long, you know, mm -hmm. that to me is so cool because it was, I think it was his brother's car, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Very cool. It's just a, it's just a great, it's a great story when, you know, you're, you're, you're able to meet a guy that you see at all the races. You don't really know a lot about him, but you get to do a deep dive into who they are. And that's also the thing that I'd love to do by coming out there and doing the podcast is interviewing a lot of guys that are out there that have been racing for a long time that you don't get to hear their story. So. Right. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. Everybody, you know, everybody likes to talk about their car. So. That's it. And I'm going to do everything <laughs> I can to get out there this year for sure. So maybe uh, you might see hey, if there's any way I can help. Let me know. You might see me and Johnny out there in the big let's talk dubs, uh, the, the black, the big dong trailer. So, uh, <laughs> right. hell yeah. We look forward to it. That's it. We're bringing out no big deal about Johnny's car, but the red dragon's the one you got to look out yeah, for. So there you uh, go. This, yeah. This Nobody cares about that other one. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever with Johnny, we're talking about the red dragon yeah. here. So we'll yeah. make sure he's already got the street. I mean, listen, thing. listen, Johnny's got to get the red dragon prepped and ready to go. But I mean, right. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I talked to him today and he's like, Hey man, when you get ready to do that fuel injection stuff, call me, I'll, I'll fly out there. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's cool, Great man. dude. Yeah. Good Great guy. Person. Well, right on. Well, Clint, thanks. Thanks again for coming on, man. And if people want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you? Um, we have a uh, Facebook Texas versus the world VW group, uh, Texas versus the world.com. Any questions they have, uh, we'll send a direct email to my phone. So yeah, you hit that contact there. Well, cool, man. Well, we'll, we'll for sure. We'll, we'll touch back with you just before the event kicks off and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give it a couple of pushes here on the podcast. Cool. All right, man. All right. Thanks, Clint. Yes, sir.
Well, I'm sure you guys enjoyed that podcast. If you've got a drag card, get it prepped for September this year. There's a lot of drag stuff coming up this year. Now, the first ones that you're going to have coming up is going to be drag day coming up in Irwindale. I'll put on it, bugging, and that's going to be March 10th. You've also got the Volks Group's 2024 events. Uh, the first one is going to be taking place at uh, Samoa Drag Strip. It's going to be Memorial Day weekend. And then the next one will be at Medford, and that one's going to be uh, it's the Ohana reunion number two, and that's going to be August 30th through September 1st. So you guys want to get some good drag racing events to check out. You got to be all over this place, grab a plane, fly out there, check them out, support your Volkswagen drag racing scene. And don't forget, we've got the, of course, we've got this event, which is Texas versus the world. And that's going to be September 13th and 14th of this year. And then after that, the one in December, that's going to be the uh, uh, World Nationals Race of Champions here, December 7th in Las Vegas. So lots of Volkswagen stuff happened this year, lots of drag racing and lots of stuff to get into. So make sure you guys support your VW events. Go check them out. Go to their website, follow their Facebook pages, and let them know you heard of them on Let's Talk Dubs. So until next week, guys, later. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen. Volkswagen.